Oh my goodness. This is going to be a live coaching call with a real client. This was a mini session. So every once in a while, I will offer free mini sessions to my podcast community as a way to give back. And thank you for listening. If you want to apply for a free 20 minute mini session with me, you can head to my website and apply for that. Um, but I love this client really so intuitive, so in tune with herself, but makes a lot of money in her business, but is not able to really save or retain money. And you guys know, I wrote the book 20 K freedom fund. And I have so many women coming to me with this concept. They're like, Anna, I make money, but I'm not able to save money. I'm not able to create stability, to create peace. I don't feel in control of my money. I don't feel in in sync and alignment. And so I just want to say, if that's you and you're struggling with this, you are not alone. Like do not make yourself feel wrong for that money is such a complex topic. Um, and so if you are struggling with, um, creating stability and peace and confidence in your money, no matter how little or much you make, you're going to love this episode. And we'd love to hear from you at the end, um, what stood out to you. And then of course, um, feel free to grab the book freedom fund on Amazon ebook or paperback. Um, I also have a recorded whole hour and a half call where I do financial coaching for women called the Freedom Fund Masterclass. When you grab the book, you also get access to that class. Welcome to the Heart Centered Entrepreneur Podcast. I want you to be rich. Yes, I want abundant financial success for your business. But I don't just care about your business making money. I care about you too. I want you to be rich in happiness, in the impact you make, in your relationships, and in how you give back. I'm Anna. I built my six-figure business as a side hustle while I was pregnant with my daughter in 2016. Now I've helped dozens of women do the same. I'm here to help you build a profitable, heart-centered, fully booked business with the latest tips on sales and visibility, with proven mindset hacks, and sneak peeks behind the scenes with what's working right now in the online space and in my business. Ready to make more money with heart? Let's go. So why don't you share with me where I can most support you? If you have a few ideas, we can refine it down. Yeah, absolutely. So I have felt, so I've been in business for four years and I have made a decent amount of money and I have no savings. And I have realized that I have lack or fear or old stories around saving that like, it is so like triggering and like, it's such a random thing, I feel like, but I feel like I'm probably not the only person who is like something about saving money feels really, or like, like maybe it's not like holding on to money. Like I don't feel like money is safe with me. And so like, I'm afraid to hold on to it I, for what I'm going to have it. I don't know. So like, there's definitely some stuff coming up around that. And I feel like the more that I want to grow and the more successful I want to be, I like repel opportunities and I repel making more money because money doesn't feel safe with me for some reason. Uh, I just, I mean, I know you, I know you a little bit, but not a ton, but I just love your heart. And what came up for me is you're saying that is just even your willingness to be honest with yourself and be like, you know, there's this thing I like, there's nothing wrong with me. There's just this thing about money that I want to solve because I want to figure it out because I want to feel good about money. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to attract more of it so I can do amazing things with it. Like I know I like, and I'm a very logical person. And so like, I logically understand like that 
like, there's nothing bad that I could do to money. Money is not good or bad or just is, but like, there's some kind of belief system or, and I like, I could dig into that. Cause like I have generational like trauma around money. And so I'm sure like, that's where it comes from. And I've also like tried to talk to myself and be like, just because your grandparents grew up then in the depression doesn't mean that you can't have money. Like I, it's so interesting how deeply rooted that like logic completely supersedes any of that. I mean, I think you're right on with that. Have you done like any worker journaling around that before? And if so, like, how has that gone? And if not, we could do some of that today too. I've done a little bit. Like, I think that I have identified that like money and maybe it's not even that like, I don't like money doesn't feel safe with me, but like money doesn't feel safe in general. Money Mm -hmm. doesn't stick around. Mm -hmm. Money isn't there to support you. And I like my, I was talking to my sister about this because she also has her own set of issues with it. But like growing up, we watched my grandparents uh, lose their house to foreclosure and go through bankruptcy. We lost my parents or saw my parents go through bankruptcy twice and lose their house to foreclosure. And just like growing up in like scarcity and in, I don't know if like poverty is exactly what it was, but like poor for sure. And like, and then even like in high school, my parents lost their house to foreclosure. Like it was like, I was a full adult basically when these things were instilled and like having to take out student loans to go to college and not being able to afford things. And just like these, like those kinds of beliefs are so hard to like, even though I make more money than I've ever made, like I know how to make money. I don't know how to hold on to money, even though like logically, like I understand that you put the money in the savings account, like that part isn't the issue for some reason. I love that you've even identified like, no, Anna, I'm great at creating money. There's just this like tiny little skill set around the saving, right? Mm -hmm. I remember in grad school, they introduced this little chart to us that kind of blew my mind. And it talked about like the different, you probably heard about this, right? But like, it talked about like, in poverty, our mindset says money is meant to be spent, right? Mm -hmm. Because money doesn't hang around very much. So when it's there, like when food is there, when money is there, like eat it, use it, use, 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 right? Middle-class money mindset says money is meant to be saved. Wealth mindset says money is meant to be invested, right? Mm-hmm. Have, have you heard about that? And what are your oh, thoughts on all that? Yes, that's exactly it. Like money is meant to be, because you don't know when it's going to come again. Yeah. Like, even still, like I've made consistently six figures for the last four years. And we still will like binge Costco buy because like, who yes. knows when we're going to have more money yes. to buy groceries. And it's like, Or, and I get like weird scarcity feelings. Like I, I like Nespresso coffee. And like, as soon as I'm on that last thing of pods, like I get ridiculously anxious for it's just coffee, but I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to run out of coffee and then I'm not going to be okay. And like, like, it's all of that. Like you would think it was like all the food. It's just the coffee, but like all of that trauma comes up around food scarcity and like, Like, and feeling like you have to hoard that resource and spend it. I'm so strange. Well, it's not. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, and I think I I love that you even nailed like how it shows up in like other areas, right? And I think like it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're like, it's not going to be around. So we spend it. So it's not around. It's not around. Exactly. Yes. Do you have any specific memories in childhood around 
food or money or like that really stand out to you around it being scarce, either you being hungry or you really being need and money or like anything like that? Um, I do remember being hungry and it's funny. Well, not funny, but my parents <laughs> tell their version of this story. I, my sister and I were in Girl Scouts and my Girl Scout leader became my stepmom. And she's told the story that like, we would come to cookie booths and be like, we're starving. We're so hungry. And my dad would be like, ha ha ha, they just want food. And I'm like, I actually think like we were not manipulative as children. Like, I think we were genuinely hungry, small children. Yeah. And I just don't think, and also my dad was an entrepreneur. And so I also grew up with like the unpredictability of his income. And I have worked through so much trauma around my childhood and his business and his like unpredictability with that. I also like, there were so many things growing up that we could not do because of money. Like money wasn't something that we got, like gave us opportunity. It was something that created um, like lack of opportunity for us. Yes. So I wonder if like, I I love the idea of, okay. So in addition to like, uh, food being scarce, money being scarce. Do you feel like there was anything else that was scarce in your childhood? Um, attention. Like, I think that it's, I've done a lot of work in therapy around like abandonment and, um, and like my therapist was like, a lot of people have a fear of abandonment. Like you have an actuality of abandonment. And so like that, I think is part of it too, all wrapped into like, love doesn't stick around. People don't stick around. Money doesn't stick around. So in some ways it's like awful, but also useful that this is like the same work in everything, right? Is like, okay, how do I continue to do the work on creating abundance, but also living from a place of abundance. So I don't sabotage it when I get abundance of something, Mm -hmm. right? Totally. Where is an area you feel like you have kind of mastered it in, whether it is in love or like, where is an area where you're like, Ooh, I kind of did overcome that scarcity thinking. I do feel like in love, like I've been happily married for 13, 14 years with, thank you. And I do see like pattern of like pushing him away from time to time, but also like, it feels dependable. Like, I feel like he is like the only safe, dependable thing. Yeah. I love that you were use the word safe and dependable, right? Okay. So tell me three things that you did, right? Cause of course it's not perfect, but you figured something out there, right? You figured yeah. a, out a way in love in relationship to create that secure, dependable, abundant play. Like, give me, what yeah. did you do? How'd you get there? Um, I think that I, like, I, took my time with him. Mm -hmm. Like we Mm -hmm. dated for like four years before we got married and we were married for like five years before we had kids. And so like, it didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel like impulsive. Like it felt intentional and like thought out. Um, I also like feel like communication and like learning how to like communicate my fears and communicate what I'm feeling and just like being very open with communication with him and like being vulnerable with him and like being willing to do it wrong so that we could figure it out. I am obsessed. I love it. Okay, great. Those are, I wrote, I took notes. Don't worry. Three things you did right. And then what are you most proud of when you think about where you've come from and that maybe you weren't set up the most success Mm -hmm. when it came to like 
intimacy and love. Like, what are you most proud of yourself for what you've created in the last 13 years with him? I'm proud that like, and I think he feels this way too, because he also came from a divorced family. Like, I think I'm proud that we've grown together. I have talked to so many people. We're 35 now. And I feel like your 20s are when you get married and your 30s are when you get divorced. Like we know so many people who either have been divorced or getting divorced right now in their life. And I think that because like, and one of the things that they all say is like, one of us grew and the other one didn't. And like, we are completely different people than we were when we were 19, but we have grown together. And I think that it's because we have done that intentionally. And like, again, it hasn't been perfect. It has not been easy, but like we've both recommitted to that growth together at every level that I think that that's like, that's something I'm the most proud of. That is beautiful. How beautiful. Okay. What's one more thing that you are proud of you doing? What are you most proud of in how you've shown up in your half of the relationship? Um, I'm proud of like my vulnerability. I think that I like my default mode is to be really like closed off and not open and like people aren't safe. And I think that because I have been vulnerable and because I have like allowed myself to be open that like it's allowed him the space to fulfill that. So like that vulnerability is something I'm proud of. It sounds like you like really led with your vulnerability in the relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. Look at you guys. Well done. Okay. I wonder if we apply, because of course, like I have my own tips, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm a big fan of like applying our own advice first. Mm -hmm. And I love what you've done right to overcome really a lot of adversity in scarcity and attention love, right? Um, And I wonder how much of that we can apply to your money. What do you think? I think, I mean, I can't see it logically, but I'm sure you'll show me. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to say back to you kind of what you said, and then maybe we'll puzzle piece some practical things on how this can apply to your money. Okay. So number one, you said, I really took my time and thought things out. Like I really, I realized I'm paraphrasing for you, but I realized this was a problem that was not going to get solved overnight. Right. And I really was like, you know what, but love is worth it. So I'm going to slow down. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to, how does that apply to, to figuring out this saving money thing? Yeah, I think that that absolutely applies. And if I think of times when I did have money in savings, it was very much so like, okay, we have $10,000. We're going to stick it in savings. We're never allowed to touch it. We've saved all, like we even like got a CD and said, and like that we had to then almost instantly pull it right back out. But like anytime that we've ever saved money, it's been like, all or nothing. Like, oh, we have to save it all right now and we're never allowed to touch it. And if we never touch it, that's success rather than like committing to the daily action of saving. Which I feel like somehow you were able to do that with love. You were able to play the mm-hmm. long game, right? Yeah. Which is so hard when we've come from trauma. We're in short game because it's survival. Like, yeah. there's no, but somehow you were able to switch the love to the long term game. So I mm-hmm. wonder if we can play with with your money. How yeah. do we change that to the like? How do I think things out? How do I make a plan? How yeah. do I open a savings account now? Even if I'm not going to put anything in it, right? Like, how do we slow down, big picture, think things out? Yeah. Anything else apply there from that one? I think also like having a plan and like trusting that 
and I'm a planned person for sure. And so like having like something that compounds or whatever, but like having intentionality to it. Yes. And having the belief that it's, it's worth, it's worth the time and energy to mm-hmm. have intention there. It's worth it to spend time there, right? You yeah. know that you're going to figure it out. So it's worth investing that thinking time. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Okay. Point number two was you were able to consistently communicate and have space for your fears. How does mm-hmm. that apply to this money piece? I think that and I'm sure you've heard me do this a couple of times, but I think that I shame my fears around mm. money and I shame myself for my fears rather than like allowing them to coexist. Like I'd want to like make them wrong and like push them away rather than like hold on to them and like show them love. Yeah. And be like, of course I have this fear. Right. It makes sense. It's not, I'm not going to let it stop me. But also, like you said, I'm not, of course that fear is there, right? Yeah. What can, what's a practical way that you can give space for those fears to surface process, et cetera. I think I could journal on them and like write them out and like give them name and then like process it that way. I do process well through journaling easy done. And I would almost say like, do you, do you journal in paper on Google docs or where's your like go-to journal on paper? I have like a journal easy. Do you want to do it in that same journal? Do you want a different journal? Like what's the easiest way? Hmm. I might get a new journal. I feel like that could be a fun like thing to have like a money specific journal. I love, I love getting a money journal, right? Especially if you already have the habit of paper journaling, getting a fresh one and being like, kind of like you did with your relationship, like you're starting a relationship with money, Mm -hmm. right? And really like having that space to journal and process the fears, the wins, right? Okay. And I love what you said too, about like not making it wrong, having the fears, right? Okay. Last piece you said was, you were vulnerable. You were willing to do it your way. How do you feel like that applies to the money? I think like it comes back to like, be willing to do it wrong to figure mm. it out. And like, not again, not make it like capital W wrong for for not like being perfect. I think that it's that perfection mindset that all or nothing that's gotten us into trouble in the past with like, oh, either I have to save it all or like, or I can't save or I have to put it in savings and then never, ever touch it ever again. Like it's that, um, that obviously has not been like conducive. I love that. Okay. So I love the idea of being willing to like make money mistakes as we, as you figure it out. Right. Every person I know that has a ton of money makes makes like we make mistakes all the time right because like like you said like I opened a cd that didn't work and this is what I learned right like in some ways like that those are the best lessons right because we're like I'm not gonna do that again but I love the idea of you being willing to like not just make money as mistakes but celebrate them Mm -hmm. um I love the idea, like you said, too, of like playing in the gray a little more. Like you said, like maybe you get a client pays in full, it's 10K. Maybe you don't save it all. Maybe you save 4,000 of it, right? Maybe it's not in a CD. Maybe it's just in a high yield savings account so that you can take it in and out without being punished, right? So just like a little, like playing with that gray there, right? Yeah. Okay. Anything else from the 
doing it your way, being willing to do it wrong, being vulnerable. How do we bring that into the money and savings piece? I think too, like being open to having those conversations and not feeling like shame around those things. Like, I think that I feel, especially in this industry, like we, there's a lot of shame around, or we feel a lot of internalized shame around money and things like that. And I think that vulnerability is like, and more people need to see vulnerability. I'm not saying that I'm going to be like posting about it on Instagram necessarily, but just like, even just having conversations with my husband or with my friends, like, and being willing to talk about those things. I, I love it. Yes. Okay. Who, okay. Hubby would be a great one, right? Who Mm -hmm. is a friend that feels like a safe space to be sharing more of these conversations with for your own? Yeah. I have a friend named Eva who I think would be a good safe space. She is also an entrepreneur. She's a realtor, but she's local to me. And we've talked about, we've had some conversations about money already and like how, um, like how, like they're in a similar situation of like spending all of their money and she wants to save more money. And so I think that she would be a non-judgmental person that I could confide in. I love that. And even saying like, Hey, what do you think about us talking about money more? Like this is something I weren't like, just kind of like bringing that out, you know? Okay. I love that. Hubby, Eva, who's one more person that you can kind of dabble in some of these conversations with. Hmm. I don't know. Nobody else is coming to mind, but I'm sure I could figure out another friend. Um, Okay. I love it. Okay. So there's two. And then Mm -hmm. I love the idea of in the next week, like seeing if one more person comes to you. Yeah. Just so you have those like options in those states. That way, if like Eva's really busy one week and then hubby's busy too, you're like, damn it, who am I going to talk to? You know what I mean? Like, but that way you always have your journal, your safe space. Um, do you have like a, a savings goal or a light savings direction there? Yeah, I, I would like to save, I mean, like, yeah, I'd like to save like $10,000. Like I'd like to like in the next six months have like 10 K in the bank that like is there. And I think that that would make me feel like you were talking about with the book and everything, like the 20 K that feels really far away for some reason. Yeah. Yes. But like 10 K would create that, like, like that's the exhale of like, okay, I can like take a second. I love that at making it 10K in six months. And I love that you said that too. So I think so many women reading the book, right? I had a few international people reach out to me too and said, you know what, Anna, 20K, screw 20K. I want 5K in the bank, right? (laughs) So I love that you said for me, it's six months and it's Mm -hmm. 10K, right? And do you have a high yield savings account open yet or not yet? I don't. Okay. Um, Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's like two plus percent. I've done some shopping around, but I haven't found... Um, like one that really seems convenient and also like, um, like the right fit. Yeah. Yes. So exactly. It's just basically a savings account, just basically a normal bank savings account, but they pay you a little extra interest. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the idea of opening it at a new bank and it not being easy to access, Okay, but it's still your money, right? It's still your money. You, you can spend it. You can take it out. Like whatever, whenever you want. But I love the idea. My two favorites are Alliance and Ally Bank. Okay. Um, They're both really reputable credit unions and they're online banks. Okay. Pretty easy to open. And Mm -hmm. I would almost just do one of those and keep it simple. 
That's a good idea. Um, it's not that hard to get to. Like, I think you can, you, you can get a debit card with it. Um, but I think the bank transfer takes like two days. Okay. Um, but it's, but if you need the money, you can definitely use your money. Yeah. Um, there's no penalty or anything. Oh, I love the idea of 10 K six months. Okay. So what's six months from now? Like August. Yeah. Like September one, maybe. Yeah. August, September. 10 K. And I love the idea of you sharing that goal with your hubby, if you'd like to with Eva, with one other friend, like, mm-hmm. and then giving yourself time to journal every day for those fears that come up and realizing the cool thing is as you fry this fish, the 10 K is probably going to be the hardest part, right? So staying in there, playing the long game and kind of like things with hubby now, not that they're easy, but they're way easier than the beginning. Right. Yeah. So being like, okay, this is me dating and doing the hard work. But the cool thing is after the 10 K I'm probably going to go to from like 10 K to like a hundred K really easily. Right. Because it's the 10K that's the hardest. So, how can you stay in the game for the 10K so that we can get you to the 100K in savings? I think like letting it take, like, it's okay. All right. So, my again, my brain is very logical. So, I'm like, okay, I'm already doing this math. Like, okay, six months, 10K divided by six is this much every week. And like, and I'm like, okay, maybe that isn't the best answer. Like, cause then I, I would probably compare like, oh, I, this week I didn't save my $1,100. Yes. Like, yeah. I'm like, I think letting it not, like it doesn't have to be a linear thing. Like it mm-hmm. will compound and it's getting into the, like the mindset and the action and like doing, like understanding that there's some like underground growth before the above ground growth. Oh my God. Like all, it's just so annoying. Right. But especially in your situation, it's going to be so much of the underground. So I love the idea of you taking the action to open the account. Number Mm -hmm. one, putting $10 in. Mm -hmm. Right. But then beyond that, just kind of letting it happen, which is so annoying when we're like linear driven women, but being like, Hey universe, like in the next six months, I want 10K in there and it's going to yeah. happen. It might happen $100 at a time. It might happen $5,000, but like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, definitely. Can you commit to, when you get your pretty new journal, doing like at least one line of journaling a day for the next six months? Yeah, I think I could make that a habit. Whether it's like, I'm annoyed at money today or I love money today, like whatever, whatever, right? But just yeah. having that space, Yeah. Okay. As we wind down, what stands out to you? You just so fabulous, by the way, look at you. Like you, it's so fun that you like have already mastered this in one area. So now we just get to transfer it over. Right. Exactly. What most stood out to you from session today? Um, I think for me, like it was super helpful to equate money to another relationship that it has gone well, like transferring skills I already have doesn't feel as scary as like having to develop skills that I feel like I don't have. Yeah. And this is great advice. Like this is better advice. I, I probably could have come up with yeah. some tidbits, but I think these are much better, right? Like, you know, having the long-term view, having mm-hmm. a place to communicate fears, doing it your way, being willing to be wrong. Like, yeah, this is like five-star advice you gave yourself, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. What do you feel like are your action steps? Um, I am going to go get a new journal. I am going to make, a plan to journal every day. I'm going to open the account and I'm going to deposit $10 and I'm going to 
like trust that that 10 will multiply in the most organic and aligned way possible over the next six months? I, I, I know it's yours. I know it's yours. And I love to, um, even you doing this session on it is you already starting to take the long game, you know? Mm -hmm. And whenever you're stuck, obviously like, I'm happy to like support you in, or you can like hire another coach too. But like, I love the idea of you asking yourself, if you get stuck in your money over the next six months, you asking yourself the question, what's something I did right in love that I can apply right now. Mm. And just you channel it, keep like, that's the self-trust, right? Cause I think like, you have a lot of eroded self-trust in the money piece, but you have a lot of self-trust in the love. So if you can just keep asking yourself when you get money wonky, Mm -hmm. what, what advice can I give myself from that place that figured it out? Right. Definitely. Okay. You are so lovely. Okay. Hope you have a beautiful Tuesday. Do you have any other thoughts or questions? No, this was super helpful though. And I think that like, it makes it feel less overwhelming and scary. It makes it feel like, well, you already know how to do that. So awesome. Like it doesn't feel like applying, like creating a new skill. It feels like applying old skills to something new. And that feels much lighter than like, okay, now you have to learn how to save and how to learn like, and overcome all of these other things too. Like you already know how to save. Like that's the answer. I already know how to do it. I just have to apply what I know to it. I even love that for an affirmation for you. I already had figured out how to save my love, right? Because mm-hmm. in relationships, that's what you figured out. You didn't yeah. just um, find love, but you figured right. out how to keep it. Yeah. Right. You fi- you figured out how to acclimate to love. So I think it's you reminding yourself like, okay, I know how to create money. Now I'm going to figure out how to save money, how to keep it around, how to be secure in that attachment. Right. Yes, Definitely. So good. Okay. Have a beautiful Tuesday. And this was like a deep tissue massage. So like drink lots of water and take care of yourself. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for hanging out today. Please hit that subscribe button so you can make sure to stay updated anytime a new episode drops. And I would love for you to join me in my free Facebook community. It's called The Heart-Centered Entrepreneur. We discuss the podcast episodes. I regularly go live and do free trainings. And you may even meet your newest biz bestie. So you can join at heartcenteredcommunity.com. It's absolutely free. And I cannot wait to see you in there.